Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and the founder of Catani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Investor Relations Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and I'm joined today by Brock Mogensen. Brock has been investing in real estate for over four years. He lives and invests in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin market. He holds an MBA and comes from an analytical background. Brock's focus is on underwriting, finding deals, and incorporating data models for asset management. As a principal at Smart Asset Capital, the firm currently has over $20 million in assets under management. Portfolio comprises of multifamily, office, retail, industrial, and and self-storage. He's also a co-host of the largest multifamily meetup in Wisconsin, which is the Wisconsin Apartment Investors Meetup. Brock, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, stoked to have you. We, uh, like any true millennial, uh, great millennial story, we uh, met uh, through Instagram and uh, found him on Instagram. You got a nice, nice following on Instagram. Um, what's that been like growing that just, I assume just pure organic, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it's, it's, it's been good. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's great for kind of expanding your network and meeting, meeting new people and, and, and real estate specifically. But yeah, I mean, about three, four years ago, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to transition my personal Instagram, social media into just real estate, more business focused. So I kind of just took all, all the content I was posting before and, and switched it over. Right. And it was, um, it's, it's been a process. I mean, I've been consistently doing it for three, four years and just now starting to see kind of a return on all that work. And then the connections I've been building because of it, um, long way to go still. I mean, like you said, there's so much power in it. Um, it's a, it's a tough space, right? Hard, hard to build a name on social media, but, um, I've been putting the time and hopefully we'll, we'll see some results. So you're saying there's no secret to just do it in overnight. Fortunately not. Unless you go viral. I mean, some people are going viral on TikTok and stuff, right? I mean, that's, that's, you could do that. Could get a little yeah. Lucky. Yeah. That's true. So take us back a little bit before this, then you've been in the game for four years. I'm sure you probably discovered it even before that. What were you doing before and, and what's led you to where you're at now? Yeah. So I started, um, kind of how I got into it is, I mean, I, I, I got out of college, right. Started working corporate job. Um, I was in several different roles at a, at a corporate company um, from starting customer service all the way up to marketing, IT. So I got to kind of see a few different roles um, in, in a company and kind of grow and see how those that works. But a few years in, I decided, you know, I wanted to get into real estate, bought a duplex, um, did the house hack model, which is a great way to start. And, you know, really quickly realized like I was, I was lit. So I had roommates, lower unit and rented the upper unit. So I was living for free, you know, after all expenses and, um, was making like 500 bucks a month living in this duplex. I'm like, all right, this is, this is sick. Like, how can I, how can I do more of this? You know, I wasn't making a ton of money at my job. Um, so, you know, the, the path for a lot of people go first is try to flip houses, try to do the wholesaling, um, tried that, you know, I was out putting signs and lawns, trying to, trying to, trying to do that thing. And, um, just didn't really have much luck with it. And, and during that time, I came across this concept of, of syndication. I think it was a lot of, uh, you know, I was listening to a ton of bigger pockets content. Um, Grant Cardone's content too, kind of got me into that mindset of thinking bigger and, and syndication kind of clicks with that. So that, that that's where I went from there. Just started learning everything I could about it. Um, you know, got lucky, partnered with some other people that already had some more experience. 
you know, a year after I did that first duplex deal, I was, I syndicated an 89 unit deal. Um, and then, you know, went on to do five, six more after that. And I uh, was able to leave my job a few years after that to, to go full-time in real estate. So it's been, it's been a good journey. I mean, I haven't been doing it for a super long time, but um, it's, it's been a good, you know, four or five years that I've been doing it so far. Nice. That's awesome. I love that you went from two to 89 because you just instantly knew the power of the economies of scale, man. It's, it's, uh, it, fe- it seems like it usually takes a little bit longer, but um, obviously with your background, you just like, all right, let's, let's take this bigger. And how did you find these partners just through meetups or? Uh, yeah, networking, bigger pockets, actually, specifically um, connected with, with one partner. He knew the other partner, us three ultimately came together. But uh, yeah, I mean, just a lot of, you know, getting on there, posting on there saying, Hey, I'm looking to meet people and grabbing coffee with a ton of people and just talking real estate, going to as much meetups as like, I'd, I'd kind of look for every single meetup within an hour radius where I was living and just go to a few of them a week. I was just all in on like learning as much as I could networking and just did that consistently for a year. And I mean, it's crazy how much you, you just do that for six months to a year. You can, you can learn this game pretty quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. One thing I love too, is you have a pretty diversified portfolio. Typically four years in people are still heavy into one particular asset class. What's been kind of the key of diversifying, um, over the the four years, five years. Yeah. So it's kind of, wasn't really necessarily planned the diversification. So we, (laughs) we, um, as life goes exactly. Yeah. So it ultimately worked out, but so we, we started with multifamily, right? I mean, that was the the main thing. I think that's where, where most people start. Um, and, uh, you know, we did, did a deal there. And then all of a sudden we get, you know, an office deal, a strip mall deal, an industrial deal. These deals just start coming up that get sent to us. Um, some some off market direct owner, some through brokers. But we're looking at the numbers and like, hey, I mean, these numbers work. This is, this is a good deal. The fundamentals are pretty similar. We, you know, learning the triple net lease stuff is is a little bit different. You kind of have to learn, learn that to truly understand it. But we just, we just did the deals. Um, and they ended up being, you know, ended up working out really well and, and providing good returns. So, you know, quickly we went from like just knowing multifamily to now we have experience in all these different asset classes. Um, since then I've kind of refined and, and figured out like what asset classes we don't necessarily like. I mean, office, um, you know, is, uh, I think with, with COVID changed it a lot too, but just not, not our first choice, um, retail, we're pretty selective on, we, we've done a few more retail deals, but, um, you know, and it's ultimately led us to like today where, you know, self-storage and industrial, we were talking about before this call. I mean, those, to me, those are, are the asset classes we want to focus on where I see the most potential in our market here. And, uh, now we, you know, we have the experience to go out and find those deals. We have experience operating them and we can double down on, on those specifically. And maybe that changes five, 10 years from now. And Hey, we're now, we're, now we're back to being heavy on multifamily. We kind of have that wider net now of experience where we can look at, you know, several different asset classes and do those deals. That's awesome. I love it. And you're in a, in a unique market in that, uh, it's not the most heavily sought after market, um, pros and cons there, obviously, um, what what's industrial like there? You you mentioned offline. There's a big a- few areas where it's just all industrial. What are some of the tenants like, and, and what seems to flow through there? Yeah, there's there's a pretty good mix of tenants um, in the industrial space here. I mean, I, you know, Rust Belt Midwest is known for a lot of industrial activity. So we get you know all the way manufacturing, distribution, you know, light manufacturing, kind of across the board. 
Um, we're not necessarily super niche, niche down into the fact that we're only going to do manufacturing tenants or distribution tenants. Um, we're just kind of in the industrial space. Um, most of the stuff that seeing recently in industrial is this, is our sale leasebacks. Um, that's been a, 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 a kind of a target of ours to, to target those deals. Cause there's been a ton of opportunity where, you know, a business might've built there with their warehouse, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And now there's, there's just so much appreciation that's happened in, 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 in the warehouse space. And these tenants aren't, they're not in the business of owning real estate. They're in the business of running their company and, and being profitable. So these brokers are going to these, these owners of these warehouses, owners of these businesses and saying, Hey, your building is worth, you know, X dollars. Do you want to sell it and take that money and then just lease it back? you know, get, get some risk off the table and then inject that capital into your business. It's a great deal for them. Right. And then wow. the buyer, we're saying, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, so we're guaranteed a tenant for usually five, seven years. Um, and we can get it for generally a little bit more of a preferred price because they're, they're, they're selling it at this rate and uh, we come in and buy it. So it's kind of, that's, that's been a common transaction that, that I've been seeing more of in the past few years. I think probably a lot of people in this space have seen that more. Um, but it's a, it's a good choice of ours and kind of what we're targeting in the industrial space. That's awesome. That's, um, that's incredible. That's wow. I love hearing very creative things like that because, uh, I imagine these business owners probably had no idea. Like you said, they're not real estate people. So really had no idea this was even an option. And then it's, you know, win-win for everyone really. Exactly. Exactly. It's a good, it's a good deal. That's awesome. And so, uh, you know, you're, you're analytical. What are you seeing economically? Anything changing already for you guys? Obviously interest rates going up, but anything changing in your, in your market specifically? That, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think I haven't, I haven't seen a ton of change so far. I mean, it seems like pricing starting to adjust slowly. Um, I don't necessarily see it's changed, you know, as much as the interest rates have changed yet that that compression's changed, but you know, just, just an underwriting, just being extra conservative on all fronts. I think the big thing right now is in, interest rates, right? I mean, that's, that's the scariest part is seems like they're going up every single day. You know, a bunch of fed news is saying they're just going to keep going up maybe on hundred basis points next month. So it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, when you're underwriting a deal and today, and you don't know if you're going to lock that deal up two weeks, two, three weeks from now, by the time contract gets negotiated and everything, uh, it's it's a little hard right now, and just being extra conservative and throwing an extra fifty basis points, hundred basis points in our in our interest rate assumptions um, has, has been what we're doing, and also just on the refinance interest rate as well. That's you know not to get too deep in the weeds there, but it's it's a scary part. Is five years from now, I mean, our interest rate is going to be at fifteen percent. Yeah, um, you know, and you're underwriting a five percent interest rate, and if that happens, like <laughs> it's not going to be a good day. So that I mean, I, and I think there's a lot of operators that might've done that and assumed a four or 5% interest rate, um, you know, a few years from now. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, that, that, that part scares me a little bit and just being conservative there, but other than that, still making offers and still, you know, going out and looking for deals. Nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it is interesting to, I mean, obviously we have no idea. Right. But kind of just, if it's anything like what's happening now, the fed is just cranking, cranking it up. You know, some economists are like, we need to raise interest rates higher than inflation to just absolutely bring it to a halt. If that's the case, then a 15% interest rate in five years is really not that far fetched of a possibility, you know? Um, and I'm sure you're like me, obviously pay close attention. 
I really think there's going to be a slow unwinding of not distressed assets in the sense they were poor managed, but just in that even the most conservative of operators didn't foresee, you know, these gnarly rate hikes and there's going to be some assets that, you know, some assumptions, I think. Totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to see, but I love that you guys are still doing deals. Um, you mentioned obviously industrial, what's self storage like around there as well. That's, that's another, I mean, just great asset class. It's, it seems like, I don't, I don't see a ton of self-storage deals trading. I see a lot more industrial stuff around here. Um, but self-storage is, I mean, we did, we did one self-storage deal and that, you know, was another asset class that kind of opened up our eyes and learned a ton. I mean, just how to operate those, but learn just how great, like and how many systems you can create, you can automate everything in self-storage. Um, you know, we've got, we got, we, we bought this facility that was previous owner was pretty much just running it off a spreadsheet. He had one spreadsheet. That was the whole, that was the whole facility <laughs> ordered me the spreadsheet and like, all right, figure it out. It's like, all right, there's a ton of work. I mean, so we had to get, you know, calling these tenants, getting them switched over to our property management software, got them all set up on auto pay. You know, this tenant has a side deal that he's you know, like paying 10 bucks a month. And this one's been paying in cash for 10 years. Jeez. So it's a ton of work, but you know, we saw that and we're like, all right, you know, here, here's an opportunity. Um, so got them all on this, you know, property management software, now we have a virtual assistant that manages everything, deals with, you know, any, any tenant stuff that comes through and, and funnels any work orders through to our property management company. So um, long process, I mean, it took us over a year to do it, but now that we've learned it and figured out how we can automate these facilities, um, gets us really excited to go out and try to find more. So we're looking, trying to find more of those too. Absolutely. I love it. I, that model. And so does the property management, do they provide like a boots on the ground? Is there someone on site or wh- what does that look like? So, so for this one, it's, it's a smaller facility. Um, and so our, our property management, actually, we're like vertically integrated we have in-house property management. Um, so that one doesn't have an on-site facility person. Um, it's just not quite large. That'd be like, ideally it'd be a little bit larger where we could have one full-time on site that could supplement with the VA to do stuff. Um, so this one's a little bit smaller. So it's whenever maintenance stuff comes in, we'd have to send a tech out there to, to do the work orders. I'm such a huge fan of fully automated. And I, obviously there are certain facilities, right? Some of these big, of course, like a, you know, large class, even a large class B class A, you're, you'll probably want full-time staff, but these smaller, like class C, even B minus, you know, if you're, I think even under probably like, you know, maybe 30,000 rentable square feet, maybe, maybe up to 50. I really, you don't need anyone on site. You can automate the whole thing. You know, you get your lights, your cameras, obviously make sure it's safe. And then like you guys, you know, either have a liaison who's in town or I love the VA. Did you have to train the VA? Does the the project man, um, property management company do all that? Uh, no. So the, the VA stuff was, was, was me. Um, you know, we, we have a virtual assistant that the training, you know, it's not, necessarily easy just to, you know, so someone that's never even seen the facility, what to do and how to run it. <laughs> um, so that was definitely, you know, took some time to, to learn that and how this new property management software works. And um, so there was a big learning curve. And like I said, I mean, it took us, we just got to this point now where it's like automated. Um, we bought it about a year and a half ago. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a process. Um, but now that I kind of have the template, it's like, all right, now we can just copy and paste this into a different facility and, and do it much quicker and more efficiently. What was the tenant drop-off, if any, like three, 5% less? 
it, it the, the, like pretty much nothing. It was, it was, uh, th- that was another, just, this deal was like a no brainer. I mean, it was this, the, the, literally the marketing for the self-storage units was he had, a, he had a sign out front of the building, little pickets, picket sign in the ground. That was his marketing. Um, so I was like, we threw it up, you know, all online. And we had that, we had that facility from 50% occupancy to hundred percent. And I think it was a month, month and a half. Wow. Um, so it was, I mean, we just filling it out. Now there's a wait list for everything. I mean, so it's, it, it was, it was a, it was a good deal. Um, you know, those, those are the, those are the kind of deals that people are trying to find uh, those, those value add deals and those opportunities and generally require a ton of work. You know, it's not going to be easy just to, to do all that. So, but when you see a deal like that, it's like, all right, you know, pound sound and spend the time digging into it. What percentage did you just immediately raise rates to like how far below market were they? They're pretty below market. So we, you know, we, we, we slowly, our, our approach with increasing rents generally, you know, an, an ideal is, we're, we're more like we're more slowly increased rents. We like to kind of maintain occupancy, so we we slowly increased them over like six months and brought everyone to market. Um, didn't do that on day one. We wanted to kind of make sure we're, we're full first, so um, did, did that over a longer period of time. But it, it's nice in self storage because you can just click a button and you know increase someone's rent by twenty bucks, and it automatically sends a message saying, "Hey, your rent's going to be increased next month." and uh, it's, 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 it's pretty easy um, to, to do that compared to apartments where it's a little bit longer of a process. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, it's fascinating, but not people still aren't, not everybody's seeing, you know, more people getting into self-storage, but still not seeing this, the power that's right here. And the fact that, like you said, click a button, it's not unheard of to go in and bring them up to, uh, market rate right from the start uh you know even increasing street rates at least right from the beginning so everybody knew is at market um it just really allows you to do some more things and you're not dealing with the place people live have you had to deal with any evictions or auctions yet uh yeah we we did two auctions and that was that was that was a big learning process i didn't know anything about it so i'm like googling how do i do this i think i actually even bought a lock cutter and went out there and tried doing it learned that doesn't work. You, you got to hire someone to come out there and do that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, just learned, learned so much stuff. I mean, we kind of went into it, not really knowing much about how it works, but, you know, read a few books and did that, but just learned, you know, as we did it, it's worked out. And now we feel like we have a decent amount of experience in that space. A thousand percent. I mean, listen, you can read as many, but, but until you go out and do it, you know, that's how you learn and you make mistakes and you're like, cool. I know not to take a lot bowl cutters out there. Now we just call <laughs> someone to do it. So exactly, exactly. Nice. And so I, it sounds like you guys are probably fully sold on this asset class now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anything it's definitely searching hard for, for, for more self-storage stuff. Nice. And, and this was, our, was there any expansion? Do you have to make any changes to the facility itself? Physical, physically? Uh, we're doing, we're doing some like capital improvements, you know, landscaping, some new fencing. Uh, we converted one of the buildings into boat and RV storage. There's like one kind of larger warehouse style space, um, that, uh, we sectioned off into spots and then, um, or we converted that to boat RV storage. That was another thing, um, ton, ton of demand. I mean, obviously I think everyone knows over COVID the outdoor space, you know, boats, RVs, all that, all those sort of recreational vehicles, everyone wants to get out and, and be outside. So, um, you know, around here, boating's huge. So a lot of people have boats and we, uh, capitalized on that and we're able to charge premiums on those spots too. Nice. I love it. So, uh, you know, obviously great asset. What, what's the future hold for you guys? What's your plan kind of moving forward? You know, 
Um, obviously, economy is changing a bit. So what do you guys got going for the next year or two? Just continuing to, I mean, continuing to do larger and larger deals has been, has been a focus of ours. Uh, we, we started in this space, you know, we did, we've, we've done some smaller deals just kind of get us going and, and get a track record. Um, we sold, you know, we, we, we sold two of our deals over the last month. So now we kind of have some full cycle experience that that's helped uh, bring a, you know, a deal from point A to point B. Um, so now it's just really focusing on, we, 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 we kind of took a step back and like focusing really on like our professional branding, redid our website, uh, putting a lot of time into that to kind of just create more of the professional image. Um, but now, you know, and just continue to look for bigger deals, bigger, you know, nicer quality deals where we're able to raise capital from more sophisticated investors at larger dollar amounts. That, that's good. So that's kind of our, let's say our goal over the next year or two is just to continue to focus on that and, and just doing quality deals that are going to provide consistent returns. Sick. I love it. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Great to see. Love seeing, um, love seeing this generation get in the bag in real estate. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's, uh, it's fun. I, I have a blast with it. Yeah. I see you out just doing your thing too. Obviously you've created some, uh, some balance for yourself. What, what's a typical day to day look like for you during the week, like during the work week? It's a good question. I mean, it was, so yeah, it was a huge, you know, going from, you know, having to be, be up at a certain time and be at the office by a certain time and, um, not really have time for, for myself. I mean, it, it was a huge switch. Definitely took the first couple months. I was like lost. Like, I don't know how to do structure on my own. Like I'm used to like someone telling me what to do and like scheduling meetings. And, um, so there was, there was a little bit of a learning curve, but I think like now it's like, I feel like, you know, it, it's great. I mean, the benefits of just being able to create your own schedule is, is amazing. I mean, I'm able to, you know, have my, have my long morning routine and kind of get going and head into the day with, with some higher energy, um, be able to just randomly, you know, if I want to go take a day or two off, doesn't have to get approved by anyone. I mean, I just <laughs> do it. want to go golf. It's, you know, so it, obviously there's still a ton of work, working a lot and there's obligations, but it's having that flexibility to say, Hey, you know, today I'm doing this is, uh, is awesome. I mean, I, I, I love it. It's a huge benefit. Awesome, man. I love that. Keep, uh, keep going. Great to see. I mean, um, yeah, like I said, I love seeing, uh, this generation really see the power of, uh, of it and, and man, being an entrepreneur, it's like you said, it's a lot of work. And it's funny because I feel like, uh, so many people see social media, right. And you know, you're out doing your thing, but they don't see those long hours that, you know, you're not really posting on social media when you're just grinding. So by no means is it a walk in the park, right? You're four years in and really hitting your stride is what it seems like. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, constantly learning and, you know, you're going to make, make mistakes and learn from them and learn new things, but it's been, it's been good. I mean, being, being, being full-time really, I mean, it's been about a year and a half now I've been full-time and, it's uh, it's a big difference. I mean, I think it, it's hard to go full time and do it right away, right? I mean, I think a lot of people want to just just go quit their job and go full time. Some people have it like that and are able to, um, but I think realistically, it's you gotta you gotta grind, do it on the side for a few years and, and build it up, and then and then still take somewhat of a risk. You know, it's you're not you're not guaranteed anything being an entrepreneur. I mean, income can stop. You don't have a, you don't have a biweekly paycheck, um, so it's it, it's scary at first, but then once you get it to a point where it's you know, sustainable and healthy. It's, uh, it's amazing. You can't beat it. I love it. And are you doing some passive investing as well, or just, uh, just investing in your own deals for now? 
I, I've done a few, I've done a few, you know, invested in L, as an LP in a few deals um, and, you know, continuing to look at some deals that if I, if I like a deal and I have some extra cash sitting there, it's like, you know, might as well, I, I believe in the concept. So done it a few times. Mo- most of my capital is just going into, you know, taking, taking larger positions in the deals we're doing. We, we always invest on the LP side as well and our, and our syndicated deals. So that's where most of my capital goes and there, you know, I play around with, you know, a little bit of gambling or stock market crypto slash. <laughs> I mean, of course um, you have to, there's gotta be speculation yeah. in there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, kind of just, you know, continuing to, to just put, put some, put some money into different places is always good to me. I love it. And uh, we talked before you're turning around now, obviously, like we mentioned, you're really hitting your stride. You've learned a lot. You're now turning around and teaching what you've learned. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So I, so I, um, started with like building my own underwriting model. I mean, I just decided over COVID I had some extra time and why not just build, build my own model, you know, a couple hundred hours later, <laughs> I got done with it. Um, and, uh, Casually. It was, yeah. I mean, not crazy how much time you can spend in Excel, but um, yeah. So I, mean, I, I, I built a course around that and wanted, you know, I had some people asking how they could get into syndication. And um, after just mentoring a few people, I was like, I'm just going to build a course around it. Um, so that's, that's what I did and, and, uh, launching that soon too. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, as we wind down here, um, I got five questions. We asked all the guests, the final five, first question, best advice you've gotten from a mentor. Ooh, I would say thinking bigger, um, just from, from the get-go, I mean, just have, have bigger thoughts and, and goals and, and set those early on and, and work towards them. And you'll be, you'll just be amazed at how, how, how quick you can get there when you think bigger. I love it. Uh, what is it about your career that makes you feel like you're fulfilling your why? Having the opportunity to, you know, do, do what I want with my life, having unlimited income potential, right. And being able to set goals of what, you know, I've different philanthropic goals I want to do in the future and knowing that I can get there and with, with no ceiling on what I can make. I mean, that's, that's big. I love it. Uh, favorite non-real estate or investment related book? Oh, uh, I like, uh, I mentioned early on uh, 10X Rule uh, by Grant Cardone. Is, that's, it goes hand in hand with just thinking big. Yep. I started my year with that book and I was like, okay, here we go. Oh yeah. It'll get you going. It'll get you going, man, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uncle G. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, uh, to fly. You got wherever it. Wherever I want. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, cool. Last one. Best way for people to get a hold of you and learn more. Yeah. So um, Instagram's, you know, great. DM me on there. I'm, I'm pretty active with checking those. Uh, just my first and last name, Brock Mogensen. Um, like I said, is posting a lot of real estate stuff there. So feel free to message me on there. Um, our company website is smartassetcapital.com. I have a few kind of free ebook downloads and content there. So yeah, hit me up. Happy to, happy to chat. Dude, I love it. Great name, smart asset. <laughs> it works Rock, out. you're the man thank you for your time this has been awesome awesome thanks for having me on absolutely thank you again for tuning in who do you know that wants more cash flow share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together if you enjoyed the show make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode go to katanicapitalgroup.com to learn more